We're in John chapter 10, and we're going to close out chapter 10, then we're going to get into chapter 11. But at the close of chapter 10 of John, we find Jesus going into the temple area, and he's not teaching this time, but he's there and he's observing the Feast of Dedications, and he's there on Solomon's porch. The Jewish religious leaders, they spot Jesus, and they sort of surround him as an angry mob. And they have a demand of Jesus. And they ask him a question. If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus responds, I've told you time and time again, but you do not believe. And Jesus has 12 different times already in the book of John declared who he is. And Jesus, again, he says, I and the Father, we're one. This is more than this mob of Jewish rulers can handle. And so they begin to gather stones to stone Jesus. And Jesus has a question for them. For what work do you desire to stone me? What have I done that makes you so uh, agitated? And they said, for a good work, we're not going to stone you. And these rulers admit it's not because of Jesus' works that they're wanting to stone him, but they claim that Jesus has blasphemed. In Jesus, you have claimed to be the Son of God. Now, this is the second time that the rulers have tried to stone Jesus. And the second time, Jesus just simply passes through their midst. And it's sort of hard to kill someone or throw stones at a person that you can't find. He just passes through their midst. But one of the good works that really irritated these Jewish rulers was Jesus healing the paralytic and forgiving his sins. For the rulers, they, they understand and they know that only God can forgive sins. And they're correct about that. They're correct. Therefore, Jesus heals the paralytic. And this gives proof that he has the power to forgive sins, that he is the Christ. These rulers, this just kind of stirs them, and they're incensed at Jesus' claim to be Christ. Their reasoning is uh, completely amiss, for they refuse to believe. Believing comes to a heart that the Holy Spirit has touched. We're told that uh, we did not seek him, but he sought us. And that is so true by his spirit. He gave us a heart that will respond to who Jesus is. But the religious leaders there, these rulers, have not allowed God, the Holy Spirit, 
to convict them or convince them of who Jesus is. They've turned a deaf ear, a blind eye, to everything about Jesus. And that's true of many people that we come in contact with. We come in contact with people who refuse to believe. It's not that they're not convinced of the truth of Jesus, but for them to accept Jesus as God, it means they must make a lifestyle change. But men, men of the world, most men love darkness rather than light. And it's that simple. And they find pleasure in their sinful lifestyle. These Jewish leaders admit Jesus uh, claim to be Christ is offensive to them. And they if they accept Christ, they must admit that they need a Savior. They must admit that we have been misleading the people. And they must admit that they are sinners. And that's what they're not willing to do. They are not willing to admit that they are sinners in need of a Savior. And they cannot bring themselves to look to Jesus for forgiveness of sins. Because, you see, they have presented themselves to all of Israel that they are the self-proclaimed righteous leaders. And they've set themselves up as the righteous ones of Israel. But we get insight into them as... Uh, is stated in Scripture that they love the praises of men more than the approval of God. They're in complete denial of sinful behavior. But so is the world today. We have glamorized sinful activities. We don't commit adultery. We have affairs. Addictions are diseases, not sin. Abortions, for many, is not murder, but it's a woman's choice. And there's a dumbing down of sinful behavior. And we could go on and on about this. But Jesus is brutally honest with these rulers, and he calls them liars and murderers. And he says, you're just like your father, the devil. Now, that could have been a little offensive. <laughs> and these rulers hate the truth. And they hate and try to kill Jesus because he speaks the truth. Consider that these rulers who never accepted Jesus, and that was 2,000 years ago, and for 2,000 years, these people that have denied Christ 
have had to live with that denial. Remember the rich man that was in hell and he cried out to Abraham? And he cries out to Abraham and he's deeply regretful for the life he lived. How about these Jewish leaders that rejected the Son of God who walked among them? One, I, I firmly believe this. One of the great tortures of hell will be unbelievers reminiscing about their missed opportunities to believe. But these, these Jewish rulers, they want to stone Jesus. And their hard-hearted unbelief has caused him to take a stand against the Son of God. But you know, their remorse is an everlasting remorse. I don't think much about hell, but it's real. It's a place of torment. And I... Really, it's beyond my ability to fully comprehend everlasting hell. And it's just a thought that uh, I can't really get a grasp on. But Jesus, he speaks of hell more than he does heaven. And it's real. But Jesus, he has escaped out of their hands. He's once again left them looking for him. And so let's read John 10, 40 through 42. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first. And there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true, speaking of Jesus. And many believed in him there. So, He's, Jesus goes down to the Jordan River area. He's left Jerusalem. He's left the temple. And he's down where John the Baptist had baptized. And many come down to him, to Jesus. And many of the common people believe in Jesus. They believe and remember John the Baptist and his words concerning Jesus. And John did bear witness of Jesus. John was a faithful witness of Jesus. Chapter 11, we'll read verses 1 through 16. And the whole scene changes here. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, 
Lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said after he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And again, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. The family of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were friends of Jesus and disciples of Jesus. This family was a family of considerable wealth. And they would give Jesus and his disciples a place to stay when Jesus was in the Jerusalem area. Bethany was only like uh, not quite two miles away from Jerusalem. And what a great blessing their hospitality was to Jesus and his disciples. We as believers and disciples also have the honor to support the kingdom of God. It's a blessing to be able to give to the support of God's church. The thing is, we do not consider ourselves wealthy, but we are wealthy beyond measure. We are so blessed here in America and even the poor of America are, are rich compared to the world's uh, standard. But these sisters, Mary and Martha, send word to Jesus. They knew where Jesus was, and they send word to Jesus. Behold, Lord, the one you love is sick. And this message has uh, implications to it. And they're actually saying... Come heal our brother, Lord. Verse 5, John, the author of this book, agrees with Mary and Martha, and we hear him say, Jesus loved these sisters and Lazarus. But we have Jesus do a peculiar thing. He prolongs the deep grief and suffering by staying two more days down by the Jordan and the pain and suffering of Mary and Martha, it has a purpose with Jesus. Jesus delays two days and causes them to suffer two days with deep grief. They must wait upon Jesus to come up to Bethany to full days. Now in these two days, they bury 
Lazarus. He's dead. They bury him, put him in a tomb. But then after these two days, Jesus tells his disciples, this sickness was not unto death. But Lazarus is physically dead when Jesus says this. It's a sickness in which the Son of God will be glorified. After the two days, Jesus finally says, let us go up to Judea. The disciples think Jesus stayed away from Judea, Jerusalem, out of fear of the Jews stoning him. They misinterpret Jesus' intent. But Jesus' delay, get this, is not a denial of taking care of Lazarus. Jesus is wanting to make a point, and he will make that point. And the disciples replied to Jesus, but why are we going up there again? And Jesus speaks then about walking in the day versus walking in darkness of night. And in verses 11 through 14, Jesus clarifies the circumstance of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha with the disciples. He tells the disciples, Lazarus sleeps and now let us go so I may wake him up. And the, and the disciples thinking, hey, if Lazarus is sleeping, that means he's resting and getting better. That's a good sign. Then Jesus spoke plainly to them. Lazarus is dead. In verse 15, and Jesus says, I'm glad that you, my disciples, were not there at the home of Lazarus. And Jesus is wanting his disciples to believe, and he wants them to believe that he is the resurrection. Now, the disciples, they've seen him do miracle after miracle. They know he has the power to heal. And this resurrection belief is something that Jesus is trying to drive home into their hearts. Resurrection. And this is why Jesus stayed down by the Jordan for two days. He's waiting for Lazarus to be buried in the grave. And Mary and Martha and the disciples need to know that Jesus is the resurrection. This is what Jesus is trying to hone in on. Jesus knows the pain that death brings. He's well aware of that. And Jesus will use the pain of death to demonstrate to those he loves resurrection. Mary, Martha, the disciples will witness the power of Jesus' resurrection and life demonstrated in Lazarus. The pain of death is real. It's real for these disciples. It's real for Mary and Martha. And Jesus is allowing death to have its full impact on them 
He's wanting them to realize that death is sorrowful, painful, grievous, and he wants them to all realize, also realize that he is the resurrection. And resurrection that Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples, Mary and Martha, is more than a pleasant thought. It's a reality. Jesus, back in verse 4, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified. And because Jesus loves Mary and Martha and the disciples, he stayed down there two more days. He allowed to Lazarus to die and be buried before he journeys up to Bethany. Wow. Our greatest lessons in life can be brought forth from severe grief and pain. Sorrow is having its impact on Mary, Martha, and the disciples. And we will see how Jesus uses this great pain and sorrow to demonstrate his power of resurrection over death. We'll get into that more next week. But is Jesus allowing great sorrow to come your way? None of us escape sorrow. Sorrow comes to all of us. We, many of us, have suffered uh, the loss of a loved one who has died. Mary and Martha and the disciples are about to witness Jesus has conquered death. And he had to allow Lazarus to die to demonstrate this. In the closing verse, verse 16, Thomas, in his Greek name being Didymus, that simply means twin. And sometimes the Greek uh, interpretation of a name would indicate the person's uh, character. Many believe that Thomas looked a lot like Jesus. He's called the twin. And we find that Thomas is willing to go up to Judea because he thinks Jesus is going to be killed and he's willing to die with Jesus. And this is Thomas's great moment. He's willing to die with his Lord. And we'll get into the resurrection of Lazarus next week, but Doubting Thomas had good moments also. So Jesus allowed pain so that his raising of Lazarus would be recognized as him overcoming death. But Mary and Martha and the disciples had to go through that grief. Has the Lord allowed you to go through grief to make a point in your life? He does in every life. 
that God is faithful and Jesus is the good shepherd. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, we thank you that you gave Jesus the power of resurrection. We thank you, Jesus, that you have the power of resurrection. You overcome death. You overcome it. You call Lazarus from that tomb. And he couldn't stay there. He had to come forth because of your power, Jesus. And Lord, it was a hard lesson, a, a very hard lesson for Mary and Martha in particular, that they see their brother die and wondered why you're staying away. And sometimes we don't understand all that you're doing in our life and heart and why you take us through that valley of the shadow of death, Lord. But it's to bring us forth in resurrection. So, Lord, may we absorb, may we just apply your resurrection to our lives. And we have a hope, a hope of resurrection. And we thank you for making it so real to Mary and Martha and your disciples that you are the resurrection and life. And we thank you for that. And we pray and just thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.